helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, Five Dangerous Beliefs. If you are new to this show, you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. As we go into today's show, Five Dangerous Beliefs, let me say right off the bat that I am a practicing Christian and that this show is not a knock against the Christian faith or against any particular denomination. However, as a Christian mental health professional, I see many Christians who come to me for help because their mental health has been adversely affected by the teachings of members of their congregation. In most of these cases, the damage is done by a small group leader who puts forward commonly held views in Christian pop culture that are not substantiated by the Word of God. These clients of mine were seeking help for stresses in their lives, and they turned to their faith group. But what they received instead was advice or teaching that made them feel shut down, belittled, and condemned. These Christian pop culture beliefs are often spewed by social media preachers with huge platforms. The sad reality is that many of these small group leaders have not researched these issues for themselves by going to any scholarly source, but they take the words of these Christian pop stars as if these words were the very word of God. In this radio show, I will be highlighting five of these beliefs by looking at the danger they present, their origin, and also biblical and psychological references that prove that these beliefs are false. The first of such belief is the commonly held belief that sexual dreams are caused by sex demons. This is a very common belief, and we have actually done an entire show called The Truth About Incubus and Succubus Demons. This is probably our most popular show, not probably, this is our most popular show on our YouTube channel. We have hundreds of people who have commented on this show and hundreds of, of people have listened to this podcast and the, the views are very mixed. The sad reality is that there are many believers from all across the, 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 the world who have commented on this podcast who want to believe that they are being sexually abused by demons in their sleep and that their sexual dreams are caused by sex demons. It is not surprising, therefore, that many of these people are suffering with anxiety and depression, and that many of them are tormented 
believing that they are they are being seduced by demons in their sleep. And I just want to read here from one of the comments on the YouTube channel is by a listener by the name of Andre Hall, and she's posted this on a public platform, so I can I can call the name. If you go to the YouTube channel, it's there. She says, I am sorry, but I usually don't like to talk negatively on comments, but I don't think that you have discernment. You should ask God before you putting out something because you are not right about this situation. The reason that so many people are experiencing these things is because, unfortunately, in the day, in the age we are bombarded by sexual images, this opens up the doors to these spirits. So what Andrea is saying is that these sexual dreams that people are having at nights, that they are in fact demonic, and that they are demonic because of the sexual images that we are bombarded with during the day. And this is not an isolated comment. I get belief from I get comments from many believers who who, who argue very strongly that they are being seduced by demons because the, these dreams that they're having are as a result of demonic activity. But let me just say, first of all, if we take a biblical look at that, we will see that there is nothing in the scripture, in the Bible, that talks about demons attacking anyone while they are sleeping. There are many teachings about demons. Jesus uh, cast out demons and talked the most about demons than any other person in the Bible. But Jesus never once said to his disciples, Disciples, be aware that at night there are going to be these demons that are attacking you in your sleep. And this is what you need to do to protect yourself against these demons. Not once is there any teaching on this matter. Nowhere in the Bible, the Apostle Paul did not talk about any nighttime demons having sex with believers. If this is such a problem that that existed in the spiritual realm, it would not just be in this day and age. It would have been occurring in biblical times as well. But the Bible is silent about attacks by demons in, 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 in during sleep, but the Bible speaks a lot about demonic activities during the waking hours of a person's life. So this is just not true. We also hear Jesus saying in Luke 10 verse 19, Behold, I I have given you authority to tread up on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. He's speaking to his believers. And if you are a believer, there is no way that God is going to give the enemy this kind of authority over you that during your sleep, you are left unprotected. Just because you're sleeping, you're okay during the day, but just because you're sleeping and you can protect yourself, 
then you are subjected to these demons. No, the Holy Spirit does not sleep. The Holy Spirit watches over you. And in, in Psalm 121, the psalmist talks about God neither slumber nor sleep. So there is no possible way that you are more subjected to demonic activities in your sleep more than when you are awake. This is just not true. It's not backed up by scripture. So what's happening? Why is it that people have these sexual dreams? Well, if we look at it from a scientific perspective, it's a very common occurrence. It is said that it is estimated that 38% of teenage boys experience what is known as nocturnal emission or wet dreams in which they have orgasms in their sleep. And don't tell me that almost 50% of boys are being affected by demons. This is a normal occurrence. And scientists explains it in this way. They say that during REM sleep, there is increased blood flow to the erectile tissues of the body. And so it's very common for men to be aroused during their sleep and also for women to be aroused because the erectile tissues and in women their clitoral complex, there are increased blood flow to those areas which cause this arousal during sleep. And this can also translate into dreams. So this is the reason why people are having these sex dreams. It have nothing to do with demons. These these dreams are very, very common. It says that 8% of all dreams are believed to be sexual in nature. And this is because of the increased blood flow that we have to erectile tissues in men and to the clitoral complex in women. And as a result of this, people will have these dreams. Yes, it does not mean that you are being attacked by demons. And so that myth comes from, uh, is popular because there are people on the social media platforms that make a lot of money by spreading fear. And so they have all kinds of teachings that are not scholarly, that are not backed by any biblical text, but it's just out there that demons are attacking people in their sleep and this is what you need to do to protect yourself. And it sounds more like superstition and witchcraft more than Christian belief. And so it's important for us not to believe this. The danger of this belief is that when people believe in this, it leads to stress, it leads to suicidality in some people because they're believing that there is something wrong with them while they're having these demonic attacks. And it's dangerous because some people have become suicidal as a result of this and some people become depressed and have all kinds of mental health conditions of anxiety because of this dangerous belief. So that's the first dangerous belief. And I have explained it that it's it's incorrect by looking at scripture. I've explained the the mental health perspective or the physical perspective of what is happening. And there are a lot of 
readings that I could send your way if you wanted to hear more about evidence why this is not demonic then you can send us an email or give us a call. So the second dangerous belief is that you shouldn't speak of your depression or of your mental illness. And so there is this superstition, I say, in Christian circles where if you say, I am depressed, is if you are given power to your depression. So you shouldn't speak of your depression. I have clients who have come to see me that say they have been shut down in their small group Bible study because they 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 started opening up about the fact that they're depressed and they're told that you cannot say that you are given power to your depression. You need to rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus and just pray it away. Don't say the name depression because you're bringing it on yourself. And to me, this is not a biblical a biblical uh, take, a biblical way of looking at illness, whether it be mental or physical illness. Because we know from the Bible that people spoke of their illnesses. Job, the entire book of Job, is about Job talking about his illnesses and arguing with his friends about his mental and physical condition. And not once did God rebuke Job in the, in the end of that book and told Job that he needed to repent. As a matter of fact, Job's friends were told to repent, the ones who were telling him that God was punishing him for his sins. But Job was never told to repent in that book. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Five Dangerous Beliefs. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. And so this belief that if you speak of your illness, you're giving power to it, is not biblical. So people will misquote passages like death and life is in the power of the tongue, a quote from the Proverbs as a way of saying, if you speak of your sickness, then you're speaking death to yourself. That verse is taken out of context. And I know this because the Bible does not contradict itself. And if that was what that verse means, then no one in the Bible would speak of their sickness or speak of their, their adversities. But let's look at the Apostle Paul, for example, in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24 to 28. In that passage, Paul spoke at length about all the bad things that happened to him. If Paul was in some small group Bible study today, people would say, Paul, you're giving power to those things that those bad things that happened to you. You're drawing negative energy to yourself. Do not speak of those unfortunate occurrences. But Paul went into Lent describing his ordeal. And I'll read 
uh, a few verses of that passage quickly. Paul says, Five times I received from the Jews forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in the open sea. And near the end of that passage, Paul spoke about his mental health condition when he said, Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concerns for all the churches. So when Paul said, I'm facing the pressure of my concern, and he's lumping it in with things like being shipwrecked and uh, being beaten and being stoned, he's saying this is this is affecting me in a negative way. And Paul was boasting in a sense using these negative occurrences to prove that he was in fact a believer he was in fact an apostle today we have it turned the opposite way where believers are told that they cannot speak of their adversities they cannot speak of their 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 mental health condition or their depression and i think that is dangerous because when people are shut down and they don't have people in their small group that empathize with them and come alongside them and and encourage them, then this creates a, a situation where the mental illness will become worse and people will eventually have nervous breaks, breakdowns to the point where they will not be able to function anymore. And some people have actually committed suicide because they weren't given a space to speak about their pain. It is healthy to speak about what you're going through. And this is why the apostles and the men of the Bible, they were they were triumphant over their sufferings and their adversities because they had a forum where they could talk about it. Job had three friends that sat with him for days just listening to him complain about his situation. Jesus spoke at length about the fact that he would go to the cross and that he would die. And Paul in this passage spoke at length about all the bad things that were happening to him. So it's not a Christian belief. It's it's not substantiated by scripture that a person should not speak of their belief. So where did this come from? This, I believe, is a part of superstition and, and witchcraft. And let me say this, that there are some beliefs that are not Christian beliefs at all, but it's mixed with 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 uh, witchcraft and with other other cultic beliefs, and it is now coming into the church where people feel that there is this mystical thing about a word that if you say a word, this word has power. That this word is going to destroy your life, and this is the kind of things that this the, this spell of witches were were made of. People believe. Uh, that witches had power, that if they said certain words over you, those words could destroy you. And we see that there is an example of this in Acts 19, verse 13 to 17, where we are told that there were some Jewish exorcists who, who saw the Apostle Paul 
cast out demons using the name of Jesus Christ. And they believe that just by saying the name, no relationship to the person of Jesus, but just by saying the name Jesus, that they had some sort of mystic power in casting out evil. So there is this mystic belief in in sorcery and in witchcraft that words have this mysterious power. But the Bible does not believe that. The Bible does not teach that. It teaches the opposite. The Bible says that the heart of the person is what is important. And so if your heart is seeking for help, you using the word of your sickness is not going to make your situation worse. That's just a superstition and a belief that is not substantiated by Scripture. And so we see that these men who believe that if they just said the name of Jesus in Acts 19, verse 13 to 17, they said the words, but the words had no power on the demons that they were trying to cast out. In fact, the opposite happened. The demons attacked them, and the Bible said that they went away wounded. So words don't have this mysterious powers that we are given to it. Just because you say, I am sick, doesn't mean you are bringing sickness to yourself. I think there is that superstition, and it's rooted in witchcraft, as we see in Acts 19, 13 to 17. And there is no example of that in the Bible, where Jesus encouraged anyone not to talk of their condition. So that's a very dangerous belief. The third dangerous belief is that taking mental health medication is a lack of of faith and i specify mental health medication because um, a lot a lot of people who believe that you shouldn't take medication for your mental health they will take other kinds of medication if they have a headache they will take tylenol or advil and they will you know go to their doctor they will even wear prescription glasses but where it comes to your mental health don't don't do that like it's mental health you can't take anything for that because you're not trusting god and so this to me is very strange because if you are believing in medication that medication can be taken for anything, then there is no difference between the mind and the body in terms of it being physical. And so there is nothing demonic or there is no lack of faith involved in taking medication or mental health medication. The Bible speaks of medication and encourages the use of medication. In First Timothy 5 verse 23, we are told, or, or Paul speaking to Timothy says, Stop drinking only water and use a little wine instead because of your stomach and your frequent ailments. So Timothy had this sickness and Paul could have said, don't take anything, just have faith and trust God for your healing, Timothy. But Paul says, Timothy, try the remedy that is known to help with that condition. And, you know, he's saying that there is this known remedy, that known wine in that time was used as a way of helping to alleviate stomach problems. Let me say here, I'm not promoting wine. I'm not telling anyone to start drinking wine as a result. Maybe the kind of wine that is referred to there, we don't know. It might have been a, a specific kind of substance, fermented substance. We don't have that detail. But the word wine is used to to capture the medicine that 
Paul is is telling Timothy to take. And there's another reference to medication in the Bible in 2 Kings 27, where Isaiah, we are told, make an ointment out of fig, fig leaf, or told his servant to make an ointment out of figs, fig leaves and use it to heal Hezekiah's boils. And so Hezekiah recovered as a result of that. And so, you know, we know from research that was done by the World Health Organization that fig leaves has medical properties. I won't go into all of that today, but if you want the research, I can send that to you. And so this was a common known thing in those days that fig leaves were used as medicine. And there are research today that shows that fig leaves are good for things like diabetes and can lower blood glucose levels. And so uh, what what Isaiah was actually doing in those days was saying, use this medicine for your boil and it and you will get better. So this belief that you should not use medication, and in particular mental health medication, this is coming from uh, erroneous beliefs that if you use mental health medication, you become a zombie, you're not quite yourself anymore, and because of that, you're altering who you are in God, and this is this is demonic. This is not the truth. I have spoken to many people, pastors, pastors' wives, missionaries, who have taken mel- mental health medication, and many of them report that their relationship with God has been better, that they're more like their true self as a result of taking medication. And one uh, Christian mother who for many years suffered postpartum depression and only started taking medication later on in life. So if she had known, she would have taken it 20 years ago because her relationship with God is better now because of it. And the fourth uh, erroneous belief is that mental illnesses are demonic oppression. One of my listeners to... to uh, a podcast that I have on YouTube uh, wrote. She said, okay, so is mental illness, is it not a part of demonic spirit? And the medications are somehow a cure, but not the healing of God? So it's understood that somehow our minds can have or experience torment, mental illness, but there are limitations on the spirits attacking us in our dreams. This taking taking our advantage from us. And then she goes on to say, mental illness runs through my family. I realize that those are spirits that attack the mind which needs deliverance. So she's saying that mental illness is demonic and that it needs deliverance. And unfortunately, she's not alone in that belief. Many Christians believe that this is so. But in Matthew 4 verse 24, Jesus differentiated between mental illnesses and uh, and uh, people who were demons, and because that verse reads as follows, and his fa- and his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people who were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those who were possessed with devils, and those who were lunatics, lunatics referring to people who are mentally ill, and those who had palsy, and he healed them all. So Jesus differentiated 
between people who were mental ill and those who had demons. So for us to say mental illnesses are caused by demonic oppression is just not correct. And this, the, the, that's a very dangerous belief because what we are doing with people who are mentally ill, we are now bombarding them with, with this uh, other layer that they have demonic spirits and it just creates more stress. And the fifth and final uh, erroneous belief is that your faith will protect you from suffering. This is not true. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus himself suffered and the Apostle Paul's suffering was to earlier. So where does this come from? This comes from the prosperity gospel where people want to believe that if you just give your money, then everything is going to work out fine in your life. The Bible speaks of suffering and it's a part of human experience. So there you have it, the five dangerous beliefs. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And I want to remind you that you can find out more about us at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, where you can also listen to other podcasts that we have over 200 on our YouTube channel. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.